welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I talk with hand lettering artist and designer, Dina Rodriguez. We talk about her experience at Pratt during high school, moving to Portland with her boyfriend based on their shared love for the TV show Portlandia, streaming on Twitch, working on her year of education that stemmed from a lull in client work, and more, all right after this. I want to thank our friends over at Jack Prince for sponsoring this episode. Whatever you need printed, they can do it. From business cards to banners to t-shirts and even socks. Whatever you need, Jack Prince can print it. Right now, Jack Prince is offering these great deals. Business cards as low as $33. Custom banners starting at $23. 25% off all over printed shirts and socks. Jack Prince makes great, affordable stuff for designers like you and I. They focus on quality and customer service and have been loyal Creative South sponsors for years. Why not pick them next time you need stickers, banners, or pocket notebooks printed? Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 25% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South Podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South Podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative South. Dina, thank you for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so wh- where did you grow up? Where are you from? I love how you whispered that to me. That's good. <laughs> like we're having a sleepover. Um, okay, so I grew up <laughs> I grew up in a place called Davie, Florida. It's the South, even though people don't consider Florida to be the South. Um I the, well Florida's broken up into three regions. You have you have um lower Georgia and Alabama. <laughs> Um, Central Florida, which is its own, it's just Disney. Yeah. And and then, and then, you know, North Cuba. (laughs) North Cuba. Yeah. I mean, Miami legit, it like, it's like a different country. You go in all the billboards, all the signs are all in Spanish. It's very Mm -hmm. confusing to people who visit here who maybe like just want to hang out on like, you know, Florida beach or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was a good place to grow up. Um, Davie, uh, for the people probably have no idea where that is. It's kind of in Fort Lauderdale. Um, mm-hmm. it's a really small town surrounded by a highway and mm-hmm. it's so weird because like people still, it has very like a Western feel. Like there's a lot of buildings that have been there for hundreds of years and then people sure. like legit ride horses places. So there's uh-huh. like horse parking at Walmart and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a good place to grow up. Uh, yeah, I was there. And then I you know, was in Orlando for a minute. I went mm-hmm. to a full sale university and then I was kind of like, meh, I worked for Universal, worked for Disney on board. And then now I'm in Portland and I've been here for about like five years now. Gotcha. Well, let's, well, let's back up and, and then touch on that. Okay. So when you were, gr- when you were growing up, were you, um, were you an artsy kid or did you uh, discover that a little later? Oh, yeah, for sure, artsy kid. Uh, Both my parents are artists in their own right. Uh Uh, There was lots of, like, singing and playing instruments, and uh, we wouldn't, like, 
my parents always made fun of me because I wouldn't like color with coloring books. I would make my own coloring books to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they knew like, oh, that she's going to be an entrepreneur when she grows up. And it didn't help <laughs> that my dad like made me my first business cards when I was like in first grade. So Impressive. Right. <laughs> Did you know what to do with a business card in first grade? Uh, no, but like there wasn't like cell phones <laughs> or anything back then. So it just said true, like, true. It was it was something like uh, Dina Marie Rodriguez, please be my friend. <laughs> like that's really all it said on it because it's like you know you're giving it out to like elementary school kids and you didn't want to like here's all my contact information that'd be a little weird. They're just like hey, like my first version of networking, I guess. <laughs> For some reason, I just pictured you in like this little suit carrying. <laughs> and... Oh, I wish. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely artsy kid. Um, yeah, always drawing. I was like. Always got those awards in elementary school, like, oh, most creative. Um, <laughs> and then, like, in high school, took it, like, a little bit more seriously and, you know, was in art class and then got AP art class. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it was until I got the opportunity to go to this kind of pre-college college program at Pratt, which is this awesome uh-huh. fine art school in Brooklyn, New York. And it was, right. like, a summer program where you would be there for like a month and you would live in Brooklyn. I was 16, which was cool. So you had to like live mm-hmm. in the dorms and stuff and kind of get like a little taste of all the different kinds of things art industry could provide for you as a career. And I think what I was, was like, that exp- oh, go ahead. What was, what was that experience like? It was crazy. My first party was on a rooftop in Brooklyn. So that was cool. There was a hot tub up there. I remember that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Aside from uh, being a bad kid, um, it was really cool. <laughs> uh, I remember maybe, you know, being able to make friends. And uh, at first I felt very, I don't know, awkward, I guess. Because, like, okay, I've never left Florida. I'm living mm-hmm. by myself. Like, I had a roommate and suite mates and stuff, which made it feel a little bit more comfortable. But essentially sure. you're on your own. Um, but I think it was just kind of like my first little taste of independence. And then I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to be one of those kids who, like, moves out when they're 18. <laughs> Gotcha. So, so you finish up this program at Pratt. What, what were you, were you focusing on anything when you were at Pratt? Not really. It was one of those programs where it kind of gave you like a taste of everything. Like mm-hmm. one day you would do industrial design and you'd be making lamps out of paper. And then next day you'd be doing, you know, a light drawing class with like some weird old dude who could do yoga moves that you just never knew existed. Um, <laughs> and I'd always have to draw the butt. I was always by the butt. But every time I did a light drawing class, it was my curse. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just kind of like learning a little bit of everything. And in high school, I, I tried a couple different concentrations, like for AP class, you have to pick, uh, one concentration to kind of move forward with. And I always have this thing where whatever's the most complicated thing, that's what I'll try. So I had a hard <laughs> time with like portraits and faces. So that's sure. what was my concentration, which you wouldn't know today. Cause all I do is lettering, but yeah, that's how I started out was just drawing t- all my friends faces and like charcoal and pencil and and that's how the, the artist in me was kind of like, okay, maybe I can be an illustrator when I grow up. Sure. So you, you get out of high school. You get, you said you went to Full Sail. What 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 were you studying there? So Full Sail is a crazy school. Um, I studied digital arts and design. For those mm-hmm. of you guys out there that have no idea what I'm talking about, Full Sail is a very accelerated program. So like a normal bachelor's degree takes four years. Well, it takes two years because you go to class eight hours a day, six days a week. So it's very mm-hmm. unlikely that you can have like a job or anything while you go to school. Or a life. Or a life, yeah. I think I had a boyfriend. I don't remember him much <laughs> back then. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, digital arts and design was also another example of a program that kind of showed you everything. It was like, oh, here's print design, and here's the Adobe suite, and here's After Effects, and this is 3D modeling, and here's how you uh, 
do film and it was like a little bit of everything because they had just released that program because before sure. then it wasn't accredited and then it also was mo- mostly focusing on like music recording and animation so like the design mm-hmm. students were kind of like all, it was like the first semester that hit started was my semester sure and also well, we were, and that, i think that's still what full sale is probably primarily known for is the music recording side of things yeah actually i met my boyfriend at full sale and he was in that program ah uh-huh. Yeah. Does that explain all the guitars and keyboards? Yeah, but my office is like half music studio, half art studio. So on this side of the room is uh, three guitars and a keyboard. I just organized his other side, which is like a concertina <laughs> and uh, uh, what's that thing that like the, the bad people in bands play? The tambourine, the tambourine <laughs> and maracas. And we have a bunch of like just weird recording equipment everywhere and then a bunch of harmonicas that I organized for him this morning but yeah so we got it's very artsy up in here right now it's, it's important to organize your harmonica by key yeah I actually did that I looked it up and everything <laughs> I was trying to impress him when he got home that was literally all I know about harmonicas <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you, you're you're doing the digital studies um and 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 like you said, it's an accelerated program and you're learning all of these new things on such a quick time frame. How are you keeping up with everything and how are you kind of figuring out what you want to do? I, it just, I think it's just through expe- uh, like experimenting like because every month was a class, right? So like mm-hmm. a new month would come, you'd have a new obstacle, a new challenge. And I really like it. Uh, I've always been like the overachiever type that like likes to work. Sure. No matter what it was, especially if it was art related, like, oh, this is my jam. Like, of course, I'll spend extra time to get an A plus instead of an A minus or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But when I, when I left wholesale, I was more in like the designer like thinking like, OK, I'm going to do print design or I'm going to do web design, kind of more graphics versus illustration. I kind of just through trial and error, moved more and more away from the thing I originally wanted to do because both my parents were like, well, how are you going to make money as an illustrator? Well, if you want to do illustration, you just need to do graphic design because at least that way, everyone's hiring for designers. Just look on the internet. I'm like, okay, okay, mommy and daddy, that's just that, that's what you think. Um, <laughs> it's not like it's my life or anything, but good job. Um, but yeah, so that that's what I pretty much got out of it, which was like, okay, print degree, awesome. I understand the Adobe Suite, and then I ended up landing like a really cool job out of college. I got an internship sure. with uh, ESPN World of Sports on Disney property, so that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> but. It took me a while to like figure out what I ended up wanting to do. I think I feel like I just figured it out like six months ago, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so what what were you doing at ESPN? Um, I was the only in-house designer. They would go ahead and they would because Disney's not the kind of person to have in-house graphics. They sure. always have dedicated agencies and stuff they work with. So I was doing a little bit of everything. I was like, I made my first billboard. I was really excited about that. Um, doing things with like the PGE tour. I just thought it was funny because I don't know anything about sports. Like at all. <laughs> like not even a neither, little bit. Yeah. Neither do I. I had to make a volleyball logo and I was like, why do you play that? <laughs> like what are the rules? I feel like I should like read about the sport before I try to design an identity for it. Um, but mostly it was like moving pixels and dragging images and using that red and black color scheme and Helvetica new. Uh, <laughs> a couple things were original projects, but for the most part, it was a lot of print and marketing. So materials. a lot of production work. And yeah, production stuff like monkey that. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So so after you you move on from there, what do you end up doing? 
Uh, I worked everywhere in Orlando. Like I worked at Disney, which sounds impressive, but it wasn't. It was an internship. It's like twelve hundred bucks, like every sure. two months or something. Um, and then I worked in some person's garage for a while doing vinyl graphics. Uh, I jumped from like agencies and boutiques, and I worked. I finally got like an art director position a little bit earlier than I probably should have deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, working at a place called Dream Factory Productions in Winter Park. Uh, that was a cool gig, but I just kept getting kind of like laid off or, you know, cause companies would move or get bought or sold or they were just like, Oh, we don't need you anymore because we found a computer to do it. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Thanks. And they're like, Oh, we found someone overseas who does it for 30 cents an hour. I'm like, okay. <laughs> ah, yeah. Thanks for that. So that's why I ended up having to get out of Orlando. I was having a hard time getting work. And you think being a graphic designer, you could just, the gates would open and there'd be plenty of positions, but there's also a lot of graph designers in Orlando, Florida. Creative South teaches you anything. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of creative people in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, there are. And there's yeah, a lot of people go there seeking it simply because of the amusement parks and the tourism industry and all that stuff there. Oh, yeah. It was cool, though, because I got to work at Disney. And then a few years later, I worked at this production house on Universal property. So I got sure. to, like, both jobs, you know, got to ride a roller coaster during my lunch break or something. So, like, for those kind That's of benefits fun. was really cool. Um, just having a very in-depth knowledge of Harry Potter world was cool. I really liked it. <laughs> but other than that, that was pretty much as far as the perks went, uh, professionally speaking. Gotcha. And so what made you decide to move to Portland? Everyone laughs at me when I tell them this. Uh, Portlandia? Have you seen that show? Yeah. You moved uh, because of Portland? Yeah, we moved because of Portlandia. Yeah. So me and Rick, he was, uh, we didn't go to school at the same time. I'm going to party. Uh, but he had graduated like two years after me and we know we wanted sure. to move and go somewhere. We just couldn't figure out where. And our favorite show at the time was Portlandia. And we were like, Hmm, I wonder if it's real. Like, I wonder if all these jokes are based on real people and places. And so we looked it up and every, by the way, everything's true. It's all 100% true. Um, all the cliches and jokes and sarcasm, totally a thing here. I, uh, I have heard. <laughs> yeah. Like we love our coffee and brunch and our plaid. And artisanal knots. Artisanal everything. Like artisanal buttons. Like it's insane. Here's some artisanal <laughs> yarn. It's just what is happening. Um, but yeah, so we did some investigation and found that, it, you know, there's this huge creative community booming in Portland. And that sure. was kind of the reason I wanted to go to Orlando was for that same reason. So I thought, okay, let's just go from one creative community hub to another. And uh, yeah, we just left on a whim, packed up our whatever stuff we could fit in a van our two puppies and just drove across country pretty much. Gotcha. Uh, so you didn't have anything lined up or anything. Yeah. You literally just set out into the wild west and uh, it was terrifying. found your way. Yeah. It was fun though. Uh, yeah. It was cool. Like no job. Didn't know anybody here. Didn't have a place to live. We airbeat and beat it for a while. Um, luckily I was able to find a job in two days. So before I even had a place to live, I had a job. So very different market than Orlando. I was like, Orlando, it's impossible to find a job. Portland, Oh my God. It's like graphic design jobs are just like throwing up at you. It's amazing. <laughs> so, so, so you, you, you get in town two days later, you find a job. What are you doing? Um, so I went to a uh, job interview at mod media, which is kind of this, uh, it was at the time, like this online, like advertising studio. Um, sure. and he offered me the job like an hour after my interview, I was like in the car trying to like figure out, like, go, like looking at apartments. He's like, Hey, so, we thought about it and do you want the job? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. I like money. And he was like, Oh my God, cool. I like good design. I'm like, this is going to work out great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
but uh, yeah, it was a cool gig. Uh, I worked there for a few years um, mm-hmm. doing a little bit of everything. This is like the job that I feel like really shaped me though, because I was learning sure. a lot more about marketing at this job. So it wasn't just design anymore. It was really understanding like demographical data and Google analytics and all these really boring terms, um, just, you know, mm-hmm. better to influence a design instead of just making a pretty picture, making it for a purpose. Um, sure. And like this, they trained me real well. They took me to like marketing conferences all over the United States. It was, it was a great opportunity. And then they got bought out <laughs> into another company yeah. that became Blue River. And then this is a recurring. Yeah. Thing it was like, but I wanted to get laid off this time. So that was the difference. Well, yeah. They're like, no, cause my boss, we're actually really good friends today. And all of my friends are pretty much connected to this one person who hired me um and we uh, we ended up working for blue river and he was so nice he's like you can't buy my company unless you're gonna take dina i was like aw, he's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i worked at blue river for a while um it was much more of a social media marketing kind of position like i was doing graphics and design work and some web design stuff but sure it was mostly just marketing and, and writing a lot and blogging and that kind of thing Gotcha. So, you know, mentioning the, you know, learning the marketing side of things and the analytics and the demographic studies and all of that stuff. How, wh- what did you pick up from that, that you're able to apply uh, <laughs> to your, to your life today? Uh, well, I was very selfish. Um, I had throughout this process kind of discovered lettering. I thought it was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I started practicing it because I needed an excuse to be uh so it's just to draw and use a pen and paper again instead of just pushing images and text around in Photoshop. Um, and I wanted to start my own business. And I was very picky, like, oh, hey, can I go to this one conference that teaches freelancers how to make money? But also they have this other thing about social media marketing. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so like just like absorbing all the information I could. And then I think we've all done that. Yeah. Like, you don't, you know, you, you, you use these companies, these experiences to grow as a person, just like they use you to grow their company. I think some people have this weird sense of loyalty when it comes to jobs, which you like you should, but at the same time, like a boss or someone isn't going to hesitate to fire you if they need to, and you're not making the money. So like, right. if you're not making enough money or if you're not happy in your job, why can't you just quit? So it's kind of like the mindset I think people need to have sometimes, but um, yeah. So, so how did it influence my yes yes i was like wasn't there a question in there before i just started rambling <laughs> oh word vomit um <laughs> this is what i am like in real life i'm just like oh shiny and then i just <laughs> i just go I'm into the, the, I'm the same way <laughs> all right um yeah so i got to use all that info and i made a lot of uh, large leaps in the beginning of my career as as letter shop pretty much was mm-hmm. I uh, created like a blog series and got like 5,000 subscribers in the first month based on all of my information gathering from marketing sources and understanding how to write content. Um, Mm -hmm. All of my clients that I got in the first two years were all from like organic search results in Google. Uh, Not too long ago, if you type pen lettering, I was the first result on the first page, no matter where you were located in the United States. So Mm -hmm. it's very helpful (laughs) when you're trying to make a name for yourself regardless sure. of your skill level at the time. Um, but yeah, it, there's no way I could have even started letter shop or anything for that matter on my own, if it wasn't for working at mod media and getting that education background in marketing. Gotcha. And what, so aside from, you know, wanting to just do some drawing stuff and, you know, not be pushing pixels around, what was it about lettering that uh, spoke to you? The organic quality of it. Like, 
I feel like he went through like a little bit of a minimalistic fad there and it really bothered me after a while. Like all these clients and stuff were, you know, showing me other people's work and wanting me to do what they did. And sure. that wasn't something I really liked. Like I liked the the grunge, like remember in grunge was all the right rage and it was mm-hmm. just like wood type and texture everything. And like, that was the kind of stuff that I liked, but it wasn't popular anymore. So I liked lettering just because it looked handmade because you handmade it. And that was the kind of aesthetic that I enjoyed. And also it was mm-hmm. just like my own thing. Like it was something that was for me and not for anybody else. And it was just a way for me to explore whatever I was thinking. It was very like therapeutic because like it's mm-hmm. words, right? It's just like right. very illustrative journaling <laughs> at the beginning. It's like, this is how <laughs> I feel. It's like, I like pizza. <laughs> like, I'm going to make a butter pizza. I like pizza. And like, like all these like weird things that you make. And it just brought me like a lot of joy. So I just kept doing it. Uh-huh. So you're, you're going through, you, you are learning the lettering while you're still working at this job. At what point do you decide to go out on your own? Um, well, uh, a little tidbit from Sean West. It was definitely part of the Sean West community when he first started back in the mm-hmm. day when he used to be a lettering artist. Um, <laughs> Ray, remember that? That was cool. Um, sure. <laughs> Uh, I was started to make 80% of what I was making in my day job in my freelance career. And that was like kind of the number that he had talked about when he was kind of going through the hustle himself with lettering. So then I felt really confident, like, okay, if that's what Sean West did, that means I can do. And also 80%, it's a pretty, almost, almost 100%, so close. Um, so I was like, sure. all right, peace, job, thanks for the books and time and resources later. <laughs> and they were cool with it. <laughs> They really liked my lettering stuff and they had hired me for a few little projects when they could include lettering into a project. So they, mm. they, they said they saw it coming. Like, yeah, we could see that little little glimmer in your eye. And I was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, you already been looking for a replacement. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, that worked that part. <clears throat> and, and, and how are you finding clients at this point? I mean, obviously you're writing the blog posts and, and growing things like that and stuff like that. But how are you... How are you building up that client base to be able to afford to make that leap? Dude, it's all organic SEO. That's all it was. Because like anytime I'd, you know, create a project, it would be an in-depth case study. And like mm-hmm. if you go to other people's portfolios, unfortunately, designers kind of get in this habit where it's just like a grid of images and sure. like a paragraph saying I'm awesome and creative and I like coffee in their about page. And when you are, you know, um, a client, you're looking, you know, you're shopping around, you're looking at people's styles and portfolios and what they have to say. You're, they're not saying anything to you. I'm actually giving you an entire like reasoning why this is how I work, answering all your questions before you can even contact me. So mm-hmm. it was just more of, I guess, of an, more impressive, I guess, than other people that are around. And because of all that content, you know, higher in the search rankings, I'm talking directly to my target demographic and my website. So it felt mm-hmm. like when client, and this happened a lot when people would like fill up my forums and stuff to contact me for a, a quote, they would say, I felt like you were talking directly to me on your website. And I was just like, ah, oh, sweet, it's working. <laughs> where, where was the, where, how were you figuring out the market research for that of, and, and, and we're going to dive into the business. Oh yeah. Of, of, of what your target audience is. And, and, and instead of just, I mean, don't get me wrong. And, and, Please don't take this the wrong way. Oh, I'm sure there was some quite a bit of fumbling around at point at stages. Oh, two. sure. It sounds so cool now the way I say it. Like I was a robot and I did steps one through three and it worked. <laughs> it's like right. no, it was, yeah. 
this wasn't because my first think, business, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of us out there that want to do freelance work and, and don't know how to get our foot in the door or build up business to where it's not just word of mouth referrals from a buddy who has a buddy or mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I mean, don't get me wrong. That is a great way to do business still is, you know, you can get some really good clients that way, but you've got to be able to reach outside of it as well. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of kept doing more of what I enjoyed the most. Like I, you know, being a lettering artist isn't that much of a niche anymore. You know, like there's sure. people who just do hand lettered logo designer, people who just do hand lettered t-shirts. Um, for me, I just liked letters. So I just did everything. Um, mm -hmm. and then I just did more of what I enjoyed the most. And that's how I kind of like circumnavigated that. Hey, I feel like you're talking directly to me versus just doing lettering. Like, Hey, now I do hand lettered apparel. So if you need a t-shirt that's hand lettered, you would come to me versus I don't do hand lettered <laughs> logo design anymore like I used to. Um, mm -hmm. And also just kind of like, like, even though you're still, okay, okay, I quit my job. I'm doing letter shop. It doesn't mean the research stopped. You know what I mean? Right. Like the education just stopped. Like I kept listening to podcasts and reading books and all that stuff and just kind of like trying what all these gurus, quote unquote gurus are saying, <laughs> and then kind of just made my own process and things from that to what I felt was right with a mixture of just my own kind of style. And that's really, I think all it really took was just trying different stuff. Cause I think a lot of people, they get into this rut where they're doing the same thing over and over again. That's not working, but they keep putting time into it. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to kind of take a step back. If it's quarterly, if it's yearly, if it's just around new year's be like, Hey, what did I do this year? How did I get money? Oh, I didn't get any money from that product line I launched this year. Maybe I should <laughs> close that product line. Like, like, you know, you can kind of break your heart because I feel like everything you make is like your baby, sure. but you have to do more of what works or else how are you going to survive, really? Right. So at what point do you decide to start streaming on Twitch and kind of doing an education about your process? Yeah. I never really saw myself much as a teacher, uh, to be honest. I, I went on Twitch just because I was lonely. Like, being freelance is cool and everything, but I was like, God, I miss being in traffic. You know what I mean? Just, like, little things. Like, oh, I didn't. Sure. I only burned 150 calories today because I've been sitting on my butt. I For literally walked. It was to the bathroom. The bathroom and the bedroom and, like, maybe, like, a really short walk to the dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not even letting them walk. Um, and it was just kind of alienating. So I went on Twitch because one of my friends who was a gamer on that platform, she came to visit me for my birthday. And she did a stream for my computer and I kind of got to see like kind of like an inkling of what the community was like and what was the process. Mm. And it was so much fun. I mean, yes, there was drinking involved in that first stream, but <laughs> it was so fun. Um, and she helped me, kind of gave me the, you know, Twitch Tips 101, <laughs> uh, Kirby Llama style as her handle. And I just started streaming immediately and it was so amazing. Like last, my first year of Creative South was last year. Uh, mm -hmm. and I was like the Twitch girl, like everyone, I was talking about Twitch so much. Everyone was like, do you work for Twitch? I'm like, do you get like commissions or something? If someone signs up, I was like, no, it's just such a great platform. Um, I think for me, it was just so startling to see like how loyal and kind people were. And it just mm -hmm. got me addicted to it because everyone was just so supportive. And also it does help that people can donate to you. <laughs> so it's like, Hey client, I, I'm going to do this project. Do you mind my live stream? And they're like, cool. Okay. So I'm live streaming this project. I'm being paid for it. And then I'm getting donations while I make the project that I'm already being paid for. So just like money, have a money. Sure. Um, 
yeah, it just was just a mixture of just how cool everyone was. And I wasn't feeling as lonely anymore. And I got to kind of escape my four walls in my studio, even though I kind of was essentially talking to myself in my office. But, you know, people are in chat and it just, it's crazy. Like to this day, every post or email newsletter or something I send out, it's always the people from Twitch that are the most like, oh, I'm going to retweet this or I'm going to respond or most engagement. Gotcha. I talked to, I talked to Sid Weiler a few weeks ago now mm-hmm. and and I asked her the same thing I'm about to ask you of how do you not feel like you're going insane just talking to nothing I mean I realize there's feedback that comes in yeah. but how do you not feel like you're insane at first um it's really weird I think with anything new it, it's it's weird especially like putting yourself out there like hey world this is live so like if my dog just starts shitting behind me you're gonna see that or mm-hmm. which has happened before it's why oh, you that as you. an example yeah it's uh, it's, a, it's clipped on twitch if you guys want to check it out um but yeah i mean it was a little intimidating but you have to think of it like this like when you first start streaming right no one's probably there you might be have like one person or two people or maybe if you're lucky five people if you're not a well-known artist so the people sure. that do come into your community you're it's like you're having a one-on-one conversation so, you know, you don't have those like weird lulls. It's just someone comes in and asks you a question. You just talk to directly to them. So it's like having a really like weird one-sided Skype conversation, really. Um, and gotcha. like you took, you take those baby steps and then you just get comfortable. Uh, I actually prefer to have small communities, which uh, I've been streaming for two years now. And I'm still happy to not be a big deal streamer because sure. I would miss that. Like with the chat just explodes and it's like going so fast, you can't read it. It's kind of like defeats the purpose for me for why I where you need like 17 moderators just yeah. to keep up with stuff yeah no i don't want that <laughs> and like yeah. yeah i just want to be able to connect with people and that's the main reason i like to use twitch right so with twitch and you're 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 building up your viewership they're donating at what point do you kind of realize hey this is a viable income source this isn't just <laughs> pocket money yeah. You know, this isn't just, you know, hey, if I want to go out to dinner once every three months <laughs> on what I make. Yeah. Well, it, it, like for me, I don't have like I only have like I think a couple of thousand followers, but some people are crazy generous. Like it's not uncommon for someone to donate like a thousand dollars to you. I know that yeah. sounds crazy, but th- those people exist and they're not trolls. And it's just People are very generous on that platform. They're, they're not asking you to be in some uh, weird, yeah. uh, different type of streaming video. Yeah, no, it's, and I'm definitely like the opposite of a cam girl. Like I never wear makeup. I, my <laughs> my cleavage is clearly covered by head letter t-shirts, <laughs> and I'm I, I get a little perverted, and I have my quote unquote radio voice, but it's nothing like too sexual that people can't handle. But it's definitely not one of those people who just like squeeze their tits for money. That's for sure. It's like, oh, this is how you draw the letter S. <laughs> and then here's a poop joke. And like, that's pretty much my stream. Yeah. Oh, and there's the dog pooping behind Yeah, yeah. yeah. Full <laughs> Perfect circle. timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, when you were building that up, did, was that something that once you started getting donations in that you started focusing on of how can I garner a following that's loyal enough to donate like that? Was there a strategy that went into that? I wish I could. Really, you can't really have a strategy when it comes to donations. Because like when I first started Twitch, I used, I thought of it like any other you know 
social media marketing channel, right? I thought of it from a very analytical standpoint and it's a little bit different of an environment. So I tried, you know, beta testing some different options and like what my graphics look like and what times I streamed and did all these things. Like, oh, if I, you know, have a timer going off talking about a promotion or if I do so-and-so, whatever. But it ended up coming down to just like the rule of reciprocity. Like no matter what I did, it just comes down Mm -hmm. to if you give someone something, they're going to give Mm -hmm. something back to you. Regardless if it's I'm entertaining that day, uh, maybe it got emotional and you're talking about some real stuff that helps someone through a part of their life or it was more creative and I gave you business advice on how to be a successful freelancer or you just figured out that one trick I've been doing on Photoshop that could save you hours of time throughout <laughs> your life. Um, and then people will give back, whether that's a dollar donation or they buy a product for me or it's something as simple as they just tell their friends about me. Sure. And that's really all you, you can do, I think. Like that's the best advice I could give to anyone who wants to stream is just give as much as you can and you'll get it back. And, and through this process, you, you, you wrote, I don't know what the, a, a book essentially yeah, on how to be a Twitch streamer. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I wrote an ebook. It was my first ebook. Um, it was how to, uh, showcase your process on Twitch creative. And it walked you through all the stuff that they don't teach you. And like, there's a few video tutorials and stuff on the internet, but I personally was having a really hard time, like understanding all these things that Twitch is doing. And even to this Mm -hmm. day, like they keep adding all these updates and like, now there's all these new features. It's crazy. But at the time, like, you know, I would go to, I went to Creative South, right? Sure. Last year I was the Twitch girl. And a lot of people were like, cool, how do I do Twitch? And I ended up doing all these like one-on-one Skype sessions with people. And like I helped, you know, Raji King get on there and uh, mm-hmm. Justin Mazel, who was really into it, like uh, when he first started and, you know, talked a little bit to Shauna about it and just like some other people in the industry. And I was like, Hey, Dina, you can save so much time if you just put this all in a book that people can buy from you. And then you just, <laughs> that way you're not just giving all this advice for free. And I was like, good idea, Dina. I was like, I thought so. And, um, so I made this book and he like had a conversation I had with my head. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm like writing this thing and it, you know, talks about like what tools to use, uh, how to set up all the apps and connect them to your stream and then getting into more, how do you build a following? How do you get mm-hmm. engagement from your social, from your channels? How do you uh, enforce a real reciprocity in your channel? And just kind of talking not only about how to just make things work, but how to do them well and then how to get people to like you essentially. And the book did so well. I've been trying to figure out how to get people to like me. Oh, my God. It hasn't worked yet. <laughs> What's that book? How to Make Friends and Influence People? Come yep. on. Yep. That's a good one. I like <laughs> it. I still read it all the time, even though it's like super old now. I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Twitch book was cool. And uh, I did. It, it was it went so well that Twitch actually bought it for me because I literally. Oh, wow. Yeah, I literally wrote the book on Twitch before Twitch could write the book about their own platform. So how did, how does that conversation start? It was, uh, I said that and giggled for a really long time. And then after the awkwardness passed, they gave me money. Um, no, it was, not, <laughs> it was, uh, it was interesting. Cause they're like, Oh, we want to start, you know, teaching brands, how to be a part of this platform. And you're going to start writing this book. And then someone told us that you already wrote a book. So it's like, we would much rather just pay you for your book <laughs> than spend the time to make our own. And I was like, cool. And uh, I still own all the rights to it. It just for them to have, um, promotional use over so they didn't even make commercial rights off of it um, sure. and that was cool it was like my first essentially kind of book deal <laughs> i guess and i uh, kind of like got a little addicted to that education thing I was like, okay i'm gonna write more books and do more things and teach more stuff well let's talk about that so where did where did you go next where since this is 
We were talking before. This is your year of education. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I did it. Oh, air quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Because it's not. It's not real. It's not a real yeah, year Yeah, because you're, you're the only one who can see me doing. Yeah, that. yeah. No, it's good. I like air quotes. I feel like you could feel them. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I did. Um, I did. Well, how it started is I got this book, an official book deal with Penguin Random House, and mm-hmm. it was a book that's going to be coming out actually in a few weeks. Called. Are you ready? So a small publisher, nobody's heard of. Yeah, just like you know, a little dude. Uh, it's uh, the big awesome book of hand and chalk lettering, and it was a crazy deadline. Like three months, the book was written over like three hundred original illustrations. It's just crazy. Um, uh-huh. And I, I'm not gonna bad mouth anything, but it wasn't the greatest experience. Um, but I did learn how to make a really cool book out of it. So mm-hmm. I took that knowledge, and then I started. You know what? I have I have a lull in client work right now, so I'm going to start off 2017 as the year education. And I didn't tell anybody about this. I didn't post it anywhere. But it was really weird because the universe was just like, okay, I got you. And so, like, January comes around, and it's like, okay, uh, I want you to talk at Creative South. I want you to do a, a class on Creative Live. I want you to present at uh, Portland uh, Weekly. I want you to do all these like all these like opportunities kind of like flooded my inbox within like a week it was crazy i think everyone was just like it's the new year let's let's teach that i was like okay this is working and then my main focus you know aside from doing all these conferences and workshops and stuff was um every single month on patreon i go ahead and i produce a 30 page to 60 page workbook that teaches Mm -hmm. you one new hand lettered style every single month um it's a lot of work but it's super fun (laughs) And uh, so far we have like 130 students, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much like my little baby this year is my lettering adventures workbook series. At, at what point did you announce that you had a Patreon? Was it when you launched that series or was it during Twitch as well? Um, During Twitch. I mean, like I always stream. I, I didn't know how to phrase that. I was like, I during, I <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I still stream. So I stream like three to five times a week for 90 right, minutes a right. day, but um, yeah, so I'm like, I started, because I'd done a Patreon before, and I got like $3, and oh my, sure. okay, doing that whole like, hey, give me money for work that I make all the time, and then you can see it, that's mm. what most people do on Patreon, um, which I never really got, it's like, why would I pay you money for something you already get for free, but whatever, um, so I thought of the lettering adventures idea, because I was like, okay, I want to make a book, but I want to make it fun, and I want people to be mm. able to draw on it, and I want them to be games, and I want them to be projects and drawing challenges, and I just had all these ideas, so before I'd even made the book, done any work, I went ahead and just made a Patreon page. And I mm-hmm. spent like four hours just making like a 30 second logo, like just super, sh- just like, like my handwriting, writing lettering adventures. And I turned it into a GIF. And then you I- can say shitty. It's okay. And I still haven't, I haven't. Sh- I saw you censor yourself shit. there. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm, I'm trying to be a good girl. Um, it's okay. You can say whatever right. you want. Shit, fuck, cut, motherfucker. Okay, so, um, so I just made this page, and within a, like a few days, like 20 people signed up. I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And this is just for me, like, okay, like I put it on Twitter. Like I didn't even put it on the platforms that I'm more popular on. I was like, what? Sure. It was like, it took me th- like six months to get three patrons before, and I got 20 in like a week, and nothing has even existed yet. And there's no pictures of the book. You have no idea what it looks like. I just made these little icons of what I wanted to include. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just was like, okay, this is going to work. Everyone's telling, like, obviously there's interest. Let me put some real hard elbow grease into this project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just like, exploded. And 
you know, I have all these students now and uh, we like, we've grown it so far to now you get stickers and you have a printed zine and now there's video tutorials and we even have like a $50 pledge, which I know sounds crazy, but for $50, people get a t-shirt, they get a printed zine, they get a sticker and then they also get unlimited email consultations. So I actually like check in with people like other hand lettering artists that want to, you know, pursue their passion and be able to make money from this whole lettering thing and mm-hmm. being able to give them advice of, okay, this is how you build a case study. This is how you, you know, build an audience. This is what you need on your about page. Like all these little nitpicky things that you sometimes don't always have in the same place that so you have to you just kind of figure it out after, you know, listening to a bunch of podcasts like this one. But right. yeah. And, uh, I definitely am like already thinking of like, okay, I want to grow it more. Like I was just going to do this year project doing 12 issues, but I think I might continue it for the long haul if it works out. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I just so much fun. And also like the whole black and white aesthetic. Cause I just did mm-hmm. it cause it's cheaper for printing. Right. And sure. now I'm like kind of obsessed with it. And I think it's going to be my thing now. I don't know. <laughs> if, if people complain, you can tell them they can use them as a coloring book too. Yeah. Yeah, and I could be like, oh, full circle. And I can make coloring books again as an adult. Yep. I'll give them a, big, a business card that says, this is my name, be my friend. Coloring <laughs> books are very popular right I now. Know. I would love to do, oh, my friend actually already showed me this, but I can make a better one. It's a curse word coloring book. Nice. I'm a really big, even though like I'm censoring myself in this podcast right now, I'm a big fan of curse words. So it's like you go to my Instagram or something, there's lots of things that say like, fuck it. And I just did a piece <laughs> yesterday that says, fuck you, you fucking fuck. And uh, I did a curse word collage that's got all your favorites in there in Spanish and British, like kind of uh, curse words. So in like, Spanish and British? Oh, yeah, because okay. British is a that language. So like British yeah, British is, is a language for sure. Yep. Well, like bollocks <laughs> is one of the words that's on there. And then there's like goño and stuff. But uh-huh. so like a little bit of everything. It's not just American curse words. It's got a little, a little bit of everything in there. But yeah. My, yeah, my cursing in Spanish is a little rusty. Oh, Yeah. What, yeah. what, what words do you know in Spanish that are Chris words? Uh, pendejo, um, caca. I'm blanking now that you've put me on the spot. I like caca. You just call people like, caca. Yeah. It'll, it'll make them cringe for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the, the one phrase I remember from Spanish that used to drive my teacher crazy was, uh, my pene es pene del fuego. <laughs> That's cute. Most people leave uh, Spanish with just the knowledge of hola and puede ir al baño. <laughs> really. Uh, like, yeah. I, well, yeah. I, <laughs> hey, that comes in very handy. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in another country and you don't know where to take a poop, now you can yeah. ask. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Um, una, una mas cerveza. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, all the important things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> taco. Can I have a taco? <laughs> That's the same. Universal language. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I li- I'm going off on a tangent here. I literally had a kid in my Spanish class who asked how you said taco in Spanish. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a, I think there was a collective eye roll at that moment when he asked that and he was, uh, he was duly shamed. Uh, uh, sidetrack again. Uh, my boyfriend told me the best story ever, uh, when he grew up in Cribbis, Wisconsin, just to give you a little backstory population now, 750 people. They don't have a Starbucks. That's how small it is. Um, yeah, it's, they just have like a gun store and then you can also buy groceries. It's like, that's all they have. Um, At the same place? Yeah, the same place. There's like hot tubs, guns, 
candy. Like, <laughs> it's just a piggly wiggly, and it's, it's amazing. Um, and then deer heads and stuff, but... But there's probably, like, four pubs in that town. Oh, yeah, there's there's more. I feel like there's more bars than people, but, you probably. know, priorities. Um, but, yeah, he and his Spanish class, everyone would use a country accent while speaking Spanish. Like, hola, Google is still, I can't even do it. Like, because I'm Spanish, I can only do a Spanish accent. But he does it so good. And now when he speaks Spanish to me, he only uses the country accent because that's how we learn. So, like, uh-huh. when he met my dad for the first time, who was a full-blooded Puerto Rican, it was interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> my dad just, he, like, goes, hola, or whatever, to him. And he, my dad just starts crying, laughing, just, like, on the floor. <laughs> and he's, like, a 65-year-old, very seven-foot black man, pretty much. And he's just, like, dying. <laughs> <laughs> and just like do this forever we're gonna go to Miami and you have to do that all the time <laughs> it'd be the best <laughs> I, I know some people who would uh, go along with that who live down there so right <laughs> so so getting back on track wait what are we doing you know, okay <laughs> yeah trying to get back on track all right, right. You know, with the building up of the Patreon and the donations on twitch and all that stuff um you know how has that helped subsidize and add to your income and how have you used that to fund the year of education well i'm actually making more money i i uh, this year than i did last year doing just client work by doing education stuff um and like i also started uh i'm an adjunct teacher i teach illustrated lettering at uh, pnca which is the pacific northwest college of arts here in portland um, sure. So that's nice. You know, teachers don't get paid super well, but it's money. No, so that's cool. They do not. Uh, I love my students. Tomorrow's actually my last day with my first semester students. It's going to be very sad, but it's okay. We're going to take them out to get shots afterwards. It'll be great because they'll no longer my students so we can drink together. Um, Except for you, Jimmy. We're sick of you. Yes. <laughs> um, I love how they're, I like how you said Jimmy because I always say Stacy as the person no one likes in a group. So yeah, that's just good. It means you knew a yeah. Jimmy in real life that no one liked. I did. He beat me up. Oh, screw that guy. <laughs> Jimmy, you suck. <laughs> um, mine's always just Stacy. I feel like, sorry if the Stacy's and Jimmy's of the world don't feel, don't feel singled out. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. So like the Patreon thing, it's up to like five, 1500 a month now, which is cool. And my expenses mm-hmm. for the zine are only like two or 300 bucks. So that's a lot of profit. Um, sure. and then, uh, you're doing better than me. I'm getting like 50 bucks a month on my Patreon. Oh man. The key to Patreon is giving them something that's worth money. That's really all it takes. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out what that is and where to fit that in with all the rest of this. Stuff. Oh man, okay, we can have a separate conversation. And I can, I can marketing you. That's what I like to we say. I'm gonna market you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do that I was like, all right, here's your top three tips to run a successful Patreon page. Um, which I that is gonna be another book that I'm gonna write. Uh, Patreon actually came down for a talk I had this week, and we talked about it, and we're gonna release a mm-hmm. book together. It's gonna be cool. I mean, don't, awesome. don't tell anybody. It hasn't happened yet. I think you just did. No, shh. I didn't say it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. A little teaser. Um, but, yeah, so all the things and, like, doing all these events and stuff, it just – it's so easy. Like, you get the ticket sales or whatever, and uh, you do the event, and essentially I'm just doing the same talk over and over again, but just packaging it for different audiences. Like, oh, sure. here's how you survive in the wild world of illustration. And that was my talk during Design Week. Uh, that was just two weeks ago. And then I had a creative live course, which is called Make Things Make Money. The business of lettering it and illustration, just kind of tailoring it, but kind of just changing up the slides a little bit. 
So it's mm-hmm. like you're essentially doing the same thing over and over again. So it's not taking any additional time or resources, but you're still getting paid additional income. I think that's right. the trick, <laughs> pretty much. It's like, gotcha. how can I work less and make more money? So what? So what other books have you put out so far? Because you've 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 got the Twitch one that you did. Mm-hmm. You've got this one that's coming out through Penguin. Mm-hmm. Um, you you you're working on a deal with Patreon. <laughs> um, you, um, yeah. Okay. So you, you did another one, and it's, I'm blanking on it. Things that I've written. Uh, well, the, the official like books. I think it's just because lettering ventures were in volume five, so that's five sure. books essentially, I mean, thirty pages, but still. Um, and then yeah, the, like the the individual books are the you know the big awesome book of hand and chalk lettering available on Amazon for nineteen ninety nine, and we have the uh, how to you know stream your process and Twitch creative, and then all five of the lettering adventures books. And as far as that, it's not so much book writing; it's more just like article and content writing. Um, like I really try to blog as much as I can, but I've had to put them on the back burner since uh, lettering adventures started. So that's something I have to kind of get back to. Sure. So for people who aren't familiar with lettering adventures, kind of fill us in on that. Okay. Lettering adventures, take a trip down your creativity to draw one new style of hand lettering. That's my little clip for you. Uh, I was going to try to do my radio voice, but I didn't want to do it. Um, Okay, so Lettering Adventures is great. It's, you know, this black and white book. Uh, every single issue has, um, it tells you what tools you need. It's going to go over um, how to draw each style. So there's a full alphabet. Depending on the style, it's all uppercase and then lowercase too. So you get, mm-hmm. like we just did 70 script. So you can't really do things in all capital letters in the script. So obviously you need lowercase in there. Um, sure. So the way that I teach lettering is really similar to how Sean West used to teach it, which was, um, three phases. So it's the difference between like deliberate practice and then just like drawing for the fun of it and just hoping you get better by accident where it's mm. just, you're able to actually learn lettering faster. So that way you're not having to go through all the trial error as much. And one of those things where it teaches you what's wrong with your piece instead of just looking at something on Pinterest and Instagram and being like, something's wrong or off, but I don't know what it is. But in my course, I teach you what it is. So you can fix it and get better every time. So it's like the first process, you trace the letters, right? Just building up mm-hmm. that muscle memory. Second phase is from reference, right? So you got to use your brain a little bit more. And the last one is it's on a new page. You have to try to draw it from reference, uh, draw it from memory, rather. Because the whole point mm-hmm. of the series is so you can start to build type libraries in your head. So that way you mm-hmm. don't have to rely on all this inspiration in order to make something really cool. And that's the whole point of being an illustrator, right? Is being able to use your imagination. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so we teach the styles and there's always a, a drawing challenge. So teaching them how to do a handler poster, a sticker. Uh, I want to teach people how to make enamel pins. I made an enamel pin, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to teach it to people. <laughs> um, and just kind of, you know, being able to hold people accountable and uh, just help them a little bit more personally with the consultation that we do. Um, and just really have fun with letters really mm-hmm. and just explore the styles that no one else teaches. Like I'm not going to teach you brush lettering or just normal boring script. There's so many other worksheets <laughs> and people out there that will teach you those styles, but things like Victorian that's our, was our first issue and our most popular one. Um, Cause that one actually shows you like all the different kinds of drop shadows you can do and inline graphics and things like that. And then we have mm-hmm. 70 script, which was last month and we had black letter which I really liked because that drawing challenge, you got to do a curse word animal head. So you get to choose an animal head and then put your favorite curse word 
in the silhouette of the animal head. But teaching people how to use negative space with their lettering is probably trying my favorite. To picture, trying to picture that. Oh, so I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna have to go look some. I'm gonna just look at the stuff, man. Like my favorite is the fuck it piece that's like on the forehead of this like really like angry looking wolf head, but it his uh, mm-hmm. all the negative spaces has filigree, so it's kind of like it's badass, but it's like female badass a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like there's not technically flowers in it, but you get kind of a flowery vibe. But um, yeah, uh, lettering ventures is definitely something I think more people should kind of discover and check out. Uh, it's just patreon.com slash lettershop. Everything's lettershop for me. Social media, Twitch, all the things. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can check it out, see what people are doing in the community, the kind of projects they're working on. Everyone's really inclusive and really tight-knit. So it's not only, um, you know, a way to learn something, but, you know, a way to connect with people that are just like you. Right. So we're we're kind of getting close to our time, but what, you know, continuing with the year of ed- education, what do you have upcoming with that? And then I'll roll into my next question. <laughs> um, well, I'm happy to say that I'm actually finished up with all my events uh, for a while. And now I'm, my main focus is just redoing my website. So this, uh, then this month we're working on the Western uh, style for uh, lettering adventures, which I love serifs. So I love to explore them and make them look all crazy. And I want to do like something with a horse and a cowboy. I haven't decided yet, but it's going to be cool. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all that's that's going on so far. I hope to to land a few more workshops and events, but for now, I'm just going to take a breather. And any goals you set for yourself for uh, the rest of the year or upcoming that you want to hit? Um, I have a money goal. Um, I want to make uh, one hundred twenty thousand dollars this year. That's my goal. I would like to make that too. Yes, that would be right. About twice what I normally make. So yeah, that's how much. <laughs> well, because nice. we really want to be able to meet my boyfriend. We love each other, right? Um, mm-hmm. Five year anniversary was this past week, and so we really want to save up to get a house. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like the goal that we set. Maybe for ourselves. take things past the uh, just boyfriend girlfriend. I mean, thing. we'll see if he, if he wants to bust out the diamond. He knows where the jewelry store is, so we'll see if that happens. But he is still a guy. You may need to help him along with that. Yeah, just be like. Just like just showing Pinterest boards full of jewelry. Just like, please do it. My my <laughs> wife wasn't even that subtle. Oh uh, really? No, he, no. <laughs> we uh, we talked about it. Like that's gonna happen. I think he just wants to surprise me and make it like a long enough time where we don't talk about it, so it actually feels like a surprise. Sure. So watching just like busting, Dina, will you marry me? I'm like <laughs> yes. You heard it first on the Greatest Health Podcast. Um, Can we do this at a different time? This is very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. the goal is just to, to do as many passive income projects as possible and really just explore and have fun with being able to teach someone something they just didn't know before, whether it's freelance advice, like my creative life course, or it's more mm-hmm. just a, a hands-on approach to, to learning really cool styles of lettering. But I feel like the, my next big thing, I just haven't figured it out yet. I think it's really all about taking lettering adventures to the next level. Gotcha. So where can people find you online? Well... You can find me at lettershop.com. Now remember, that's with two P's and an like an old ice cream parlor. And everything else is just Instagram.com slash lettershop, Twitter.com slash lettershop, Twitch.com slash lettershop. Are you seeing a pattern? Patreon.com slash lettershop. All those All that stuff, and we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Is it, I feel like just saying it back to back is way more entertaining than links on a page, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true but but you can't click on your words no you so. can't click on my words but hey at least they'll know how to spell my username which would be sweet 
Chape. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so we end every podcast by saying, go out and hug some necks. Um, you, you've been to Creative South. You kind of know what that means. And mm-hmm. go out and make friends and don't be a stranger. And since you keep teasing your radio voice, would you take us out by <laughs> doing that in your radio voice? Oh, it, it's just like touching and then the radio voice. Okay. <laughs> oh, but it's not. Okay. I'm going to try it. Are you ready? Okay. All right. <laughs> now go out and hug some necks. Appropriately creepy. Yeah, it's like that was that's like, hey, go out and murder people with your love. Perfect. Yeah, Dina, but, thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. I appreciate it. I'm glad I made you laugh a few times, so it's a win for me. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Have a good one. Okay, bye. You can find out more about Dina on Twitter at Lettershop. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with her. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod. And follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit JackPrince.com and get 25% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code CreateSouth17 at checkout. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.